Welcome back to another episode of the Finance Bible Podcast. You're joined with myself, Zeke, and fellow co-founder and co-host of the Finance Bible, Mr. Don. Thank you for another great introduction. If you are listening to this first time, welcome, welcome, welcome. Mate, you are off to the States and Canada Friday or Saturday this week. Not too sure what it is, but I know it's in a few days. Hence why we're here. We are about to talk about travel hacks, how we can save money, how you can plan accordingly for trips without blowing a budget because we've probably all been there uh myself and myself included when i my last international trip when i was 21 i blew i blew my budget let's just be be honest i blew my budget it was not good i didn't have any plan in place it was kind of just whatever happens happens come back <laughs> i'll figure it out then so this episode is for everyone who obviously wants to go overseas like we all do but is nervous with how can we plan with the money? I don't want to come back with nothing. For yourself, have you have you got anything sorted financially for your trip? <sighs> well, not really. Oh. I think common sense goes a long way. And I think that at the end of the day, you, you bring how much money you want to spend and you spend it. For example, you might finish up a, a trip to America at Vegas. Oh. If you come home with something, you, you win, you come home. If you don't, you don't. But no, in all seriousness, I do have a few things yeah, I'm sure. In place, will. like just not being a, a bit of a goose over there. I'm um, trying to steer away from a, a few certain activities and restaurants <laughs> that cost a bit of money. I've kind of put together a list over the last few years um, since I came back from that trip. Ooh, um, hang on a minute. Let's talk about your qualifications here oh. to do such a thing. You're quite a, a veteran when it comes to, to travel, I'll say. Uh, can, we, can we go through a couple of places you've been just so that we can understand where your experience is coming from? Um, all right, so places I've been uh, recently, Africa, well, not recently, probably three years ago. Um, Africa, the States, went down to Mexico, Thailand, Vietnam, New Zealand, Cambodia. I Singapore? Don't know. Yeah, Singapore, that's good fun. Universal Studios there, great time. I guess Zimbabwe? Well, a few places in Africa. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But first things first, so you're going away now. You're probably going to join me in Europe for the last couple of weeks, hopefully in Ibiza, come August. For example, if anyone is going to Europe in middle year or wherever you're going, we'll start with that. So that's around six months away. What I, and number one on my list, which I've been putting together for the last few years, whatever it may be, is number one, how can we get a free flight? Oh, so tell me more. It does sound too good to be true. And it is, it's not exactly free and are we talking about planning something as a work trip or where's this going i'm keen to hear more it can be whatever you want it to be if you are going on a work trip you can do it this way if you're going on a trip with your friends family whatever it may be you can also do it but what i mean by free flight is what i've done is i've been finding credit cards so a lot of finance gurus and you know finfluencers hate credit cards for consumer debt we agree consumer debt is well i agree but no about you oh, consumer debt big no no yeah consumer debt stay away um that's majority of credit cards but if you use a credit card wisely for travel hacks like this this works out well so you do some research figure out which credit cards have the best you know frequent flyer points so myself i choose qantas frequent flyer because i think they are one of the best airlines they have the best perks uh, best point system 
So figure out the best credit card with the best points. Over that six to 12 month period, all your transactions, I just use my credit card as my daily you know, debit card, for example, and just transfer everything over to the credit card. So that is paying off the credit card straight away so I don't get into consumer debt. But also most importantly is every transaction, depending what card you've got, you might get one and a half points or two points, Qantas points that is, per dollar you spend. And there's other there's other ones too. Like yeah, velocity. And yeah, velocity. There's heaps of different point systems. Yeah, this isn't uh, this isn't financial advice to go get a, a Qantas credit card or any associated. No, no, it's just our personal opinions. Yeah, personal opinions. Two mates having a chat talking <laughs> about holidays. Disclaimer. There you go. <laughs> and then six to twelve months of doing that, leading up to your trip, you would be able to book a flight, probably with the points that you've accrued over time. Or if not, you might pay half of it with the points and half with cash. So you're, you'll be saving around fifty percent, or if not all of it. That's what I've been doing. It's great. You even get the the sneaky upgrades to the business lounge sometimes with the points. That is where I would start looking further. How can we save money on flights? Because that's the most expensive factor, really. Like return flights to Europe, for example, like two and a half grand. How much were yours to? Are you, are you flying to Canada? No, like flying into Vancouver, doing a few things in between, and then flying back from LA. Second step, what I'd look at is before you go anywhere, check the exchange rates. Yeah, that's a that, big one. That can really st- take a lot of your money for you know one meal. Um, at the time of filming, right now. Going to Canada, going to America is actually pretty good. The the conversion rate is actually more in our favor now than it really has been. Like it's seven cents more like per Australian dollar right now than it was back in October, which is only four months ago. 7% per dollar. Like that's a lot when you think about it. Because then you throw your currency conversion fees, you throw your foreign transaction fees and that on top of it, you could get to like 11% higher, if that makes sense. Yeah, I, I remember when I went to, to the States, I think $1 was like, 0.6 American. Yeah, I think it's 0.68 at the moment. It was I, it was ridiculous. I was buying because I went there. I, I didn't look at any any of the exchange rates, so I was going. I said, "Oh, fuck, everything's so cheap. This is unreal." Go to the pub, get like four Bud Lights for you know, ten bucks. And it turned out it wasn't ten bucks. Everything added up. You see the the transactions come out of your your bank account and it converts to the Australian dollars, and you say, "Oh shit, that wasn't yeah. what I thought it was." That got me in Japan. Oh, it's dangerous. The taxis and whatnot, you go, oh, yeah, it's just X amount of dollars. Oh, shocking. Um, but the thing of it, it's a lot harder to convert in Japan. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm there at like, I don't know, whatever time it was, absolutely. You're pissed. Yeah, so it's like 1 a.m. or something. I'm not fully coherent at this point in time. Coherent. And coherent. We're trying to organize things and, you know, it, it is what it is. I think when I went, the conversion was like 0.016. I'm sitting there trying to figure out, like doing the math in my head at that point in time. And it was just mayhem. Then you pay for things. You've got the foreign currency conversion fee come out, which I think is about 3% at most banks. Yeah, it's just mayhem. Yeah, it is mayhem. And that international fee brings me to the next point. There are a lot of banks out there. Um, for example, I am a big fan of the ING um, Everyday account. So that card has um, no international fees. It's a perfect for a, a travel card, for example, because you in the past five, 10 years ago, travel cards were pretty big. Everyone was using them when you go overseas because the debit cards here had massive fees attached to them. But now if you are an ING customer, or a lot of other banks actually have this as well, you can just use your your normal card every day, and that's not going to charge you any international fees, which is great. Yeah, saves you a lot of money if you're going for like a, a four week trip, for example. That's an unreal card. A lot of other banks you've got to actually apply and get the travel card. 
Like I know with St. George, it was a, the global currency card and all of this. You have to go through a bit of rigmarole to get it. But HSBC, yeah, uh, I have one with them. You have one too, actually, where we've linked up like Canadian dollars and all of that to one specific card and it's linked to different accounts. So I, when I'm in Canada, I'll have the money there ready to go. And then when I go to America afterwards, I just transfer it straight over. Yeah. And all good, no problems. Yeah, that's so handy. And that, you'll be able to see the actual exchange as well on, on the app which makes it a lot easier for yourself. On that note, make sure, like side tip, uh, I'm not helping you budget, make sure when you go overseas, you let your bank know because the fraud departments will actually monitor your account and block your card if you go overseas I'm glad, without telling them. I'm glad you brought this up. Has this happened to you? Yeah, it was one of the, one of the points. Oh. So that actually leads perfectly. Well, there you go. I might let you talk about this one. All right, I'll talk about this one then. Yeah, definitely let your bank know when you are going overseas, especially you know, not your main countries like America, London, etc. Yeah. When I was in when I was in Mexico, for example, ING actually blocked my one and only card I took on the whole trip. So first mistake, don't take one card with you. Take two or three debit or credit cards or whatever you have just in case it gets blocked by the bank. Because in my circumstance, I was at the airport in Mexico. When I arrived in Mexico two weeks earlier, they gave me a, an immigration slip or something without telling me I had to present that when I left the country too. So I got to the airport and they said, where's your slip? And I said, hey, what do you mean? I chucked them the bin when I arrived. <laughs> and I said, what? You, you can't board the plane if you if you don't have a slip. And I was by myself. I was no, with no mates or anyone. So I was like, oh, shit. All right, what do I do? And they said, all right, well, it's going to cost around 150 Australian. I said, Excuse fine. me, good sir. What can I do to get myself out of this trouble? <laughs> it was basically like that. <laughs> 150 Australian. So I was like, all right, bit of a ripoff, but I have to get on the plane to leave the country so I can go home. Because okay. at that time, I was very eager to get back to Australia. So I go in my, get my card out and try and pay for this, this <laughs> slip. Couldn't pay. And I said, going on what's happening this is i was freaking out couldn't pay said your bank account's been blocked so i try and call ing i literally can't i've got no my sim card expired the day before or something some weird thing happened with my card so i couldn't actually call the bank and i had no internet obviously so then i'm going around an hour and a half in the airport (laughs) trying to talk to randoms and and ask them if they can give me 150 bucks for this random australian dude (laughs) and who's promising once he gets through he'll connect to the wi-fi and call the bank and get him to unblock the card. Anyway, I met this unreal German couple. They were like freaking out when I approached them. Anyway, they lent me 150 bucks cash. They took it out of the ATM at the airport and they didn't speak any English. So I was I was kind of like doing like sign, I'm doing some weird like sign language. Whatever. Kind <laughs> I would of, love to get a live reenactment. Oh, this is the most, uh, the flight was leaving in half an hour, by the way. So anyway, I got the 150 bucks off them, paid for my immigration, got through security, connected my phone to the Wi-Fi, tried to call the bank, finally got through, got charged a lot to call the bank. They unblocked my card and then I transferred money to the Germans. Beautiful. And happy days. I actually, it came up you as a memory. contact? Well, it came up as a memory the other day. You should them. transfer them $5 now with your phone number. And just say, say g'day. Like, reach out. Yeah. Well, like, yeah let's seriously, catch up. Let's that'd actually be sick. But long, awesome. long story short, like you have to travel with one or more cards because if one goes to <laughs> shit, you are, you are done. And what could have made your problem a lot worse, which I used to deal with a lot when I was in the banking, if when you rung up, you failed your identification check on the phone, what they do is they make you have to go to a branch. You can't get served <laughs> again over the phone for that whole 24-hour period. Oh, yeah, that would be shocking. So if you didn't know, like you didn't have your driver's license, didn't know your driver's license number, or you had a different email, you hadn't updated it, you had a different address because you had moved or you had a different mailing address. Um, what are other questions? A transaction that's happened in your account in the last 14 days, like give me the dollar amount, where it was, and what day it was. 
you're going to get two or three. If you failed like two or three of them, and the, the main one they use actually is they'll send a text to your phone for you to read back the SMS code. Yeah, type that's it. it. If you couldn't receive the code while you're overseas, <laughs> then you've pretty much guaranteed to fail. Get blocked out. You've got to go to a branch. What do you do then? You, you're done. So just make sure you notify you're, the bank. Make sure you've you, all your details are up to date because, uh, yeah, that's a... It's dangerous. You don't, want to be in that, unfold. Yeah, you don't want to be in a situation like that. But yeah, get more than one card. Save on the conversion fees, which is actually another point that we were going to talk about. The conversion fees and that kind of thing, like as well as the actual currency conversion, the foreign fee itself, which the global cards prevent, can add up really quick. If you're overseas for five weeks or six weeks, you average one and a half grand spending per week. You're at $9,000 after six weeks. 9000 with a 3% conversion fee. Do the math on that. It's a lot of money that you don't want to spend. A lot of money you need to spend or you don't want to spend. Um, it actually comes down to another point, budgeting. It's all back and forth. So you've planned accordingly to pay for your flight six months in advance. Now you've got that sorted. You've got your frequent flyer coming through. You've looked at the exchange rates. Now it's time to sit down and figure out how long am I going for? Based on that, how much can I budget per day? What am I going to spend on food? What am I going to spend at the bar? What am I going to do in activities? Um, this bit's tough. What am I going to spend my money on? Yeah, because when you are overseas, you want to spend your money on everything. You do not care, which is a good thing. Have some fun. But if you're going for eight weeks and you've only budgeted for four weeks, you, you, you're going to be digging into your savings and maybe asking your parents or a friend for a loan because you have because you don't have the money. Do a bit of rever reverse calculations here and figure out. I'm there for four weeks. Generally, I spend around you know maybe a hundred bucks a day on this, this, this. Maybe I'll budget for 150 a day or 200 bucks a day. Always budget a bit more than what you actually think because there are going to be those spontaneous, spontaneous things. Beverages. Yeah. <laughs> you get a bit too carried away, especially with you going to Vegas, mate. You'll be slapping that the slots machine all night. Oh, mate. I'll be, <laughs> no, you'll, be, <laughs> you'll be going off. I remember there was a trip I went on in my youth. In um, your youth? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm still relatively young, but in my youth, youth, we're talking like, Three, three full-time working days and it was a little bit spontaneous i decided i was going to do a little bit of a queensland trip oh and there came a point where i didn't want to leave so i just stayed for a little bit longer broke that budget yeah. next minute no money yeah i'm looking at the card sitting there having a beverage you know oh i probably can't afford this tap anyway so yeah don't go down <laughs> that path <laughs> don't go down that path um a good a really good app which i have spoken about before um, and it's what I'm actually doing right now to save for my trip in the middle of the year is the up online bank. Mm -hmm. So they have pretty cool savings, uh, your graph. So you put in your goal. So you might want to put aside you know, three grand of spending money for your trip, pop in the three grand, put your deposits in. It'll give you how much you know, percent of the way you're there. So you might be 10% of the way to the goal or you know, 25, whatever it may be. Um, and it'll continue to update until you reach the goal and, and give you little hints of how much you might need to deposit if you are running out of time um, and get you to that goal because yeah no one wants to run out of money on a trip and then being consumed it when you get back because that is it happens to a lot of people and it might rewind your your goals five five or ten years as well for building wealth so we definitely want to avoid that budgeting brings us on to another point. Oh. I'm going to Back say that every forth. point. Mate, it's like a tennis match. Just bloody having a big rally. I do love tennis. <laughs> Budget with your accommodation. Yes. Choose wisely. Now, what I mean by that, don't stay somewhere that you don't want to settle for, as in it might not meet the quality that you're after. But 
think wisely about what you're doing. So, for example, with my Canada and America trip, when I'm in Whistler, the snowboarding area, do I need a hectic place to stay? No, I'm going to be on the on the mountain literally all day, mm. and then out at the night, you're sleep. and then I'm going to be back. Yeah, I'll literally be going there to sleep. Yeah. Um, so I don't need a, a five star place with a jacuzzi, even though I would. I, I would. I might nice. be getting a jacuzzi because yeah. I do like them. I love a jacuzzi. Um, but I don't need that. So if I couldn't afford it, guess what? I wouldn't do it. Vegas, another one. Am I going to be in the hotel there at all? Absolutely I was not. not. No. I don't even know why we booked one. It's just for our luggage. Yeah, I won't I be sleeping for I didn't go days. in my hotel room for three, four days, I think, in Vegas. Yeah, well, that's exactly that's right. That's what's going to so, happen to you. <laughs> again, Good fun over there. you can go nice and cheap there if you want. Uh, whereas if you're going more, uh, where else am I going? Toronto, I'll probably be in the hotel a bit more. Mm. Um, so, Well, it depends where you are. You're like, if you're in a yeah, tropical you island yeah, and, what you're and you're at a resort, obviously you want your, your hotel majority of the day around the pool on, yeah, the, on the beach. A, you want a villa in the water. Yeah, you want something mint. You want a, a nice restaurant, a nice bar at the hotel, get into it. But yeah, if you're doing things like yourself yeah, and skiing a, and stuff, point, yeah. it's perfect. If you're, going on, if you're going to Africa, your favorite destination, yeah, if, then- you well, know, I, I had a look at itinerary and we're- yeah, we are literally majority of the days, we're going for two weeks. So most of the days we are getting to the hotel at like seven o'clock at night and then leaving at like 5.30 the next day to go on a safari. So that's, for example, literally just going in for sleeping. And in terms of actually booking places, instead of going to direct websites, just go to the sites like booking.com, Trivago, Agoda. There's all these websites out there which have really good deals for accommodation wherever you are wanting to head. True. And you, yeah, you can save a lot of money. Also, Airbnb. Way. Yeah, Airbnb is a big one. Also, what I'm thinking as well is there are websites out there. I don't know the actual names of them, but you can do... Like house sitting. So yes, you can. if you're going to Canada like yourself, you could go on a website for like house sitting in Canada and just say, hey, I'm in town for this time. Happy to house it. Most of the time, you know, you're not going to get charged much at all. Sometimes people literally do it for free. So that is a, a perfect, perfect option if you are traveling on a budget. With that as well, if you're looking at going to, for example, like Vegas or something, just front of mind easy if you want to stay somewhere like near everything in that the caesar's palace everyone knows it oh, right class i lost a bit of money on that blackjack blackjack table in there classic place big uh big big place everyone knows what it is they obviously are going to charge more than whatever's next door to them wherever you are have a look around in the area like get an idea of where you want to stay like 400 meters 500 meters away from xyz and to see what else is around because you might be able to get something of the same quality for a lot cheaper or of higher quality for the same price yeah. just because of the name uh, difference. And and even if it is 400 meters out of where you are wanting to, electric bikes, electric scooters, Uber. Oh, come on, 400 meters, Run, that's a walk. walk, jog. Yeah. You can do whatever you want. You can crawl 400 meters if you want to. Even if you're a K out, there's, there's options. Public transportation is everywhere these days. Just buy a skateboard, get on the road, let's go. Bring a skateboard. BYO. If you're snowboarding, just have uh, some bolt-on wheels. Happy days. Bring the old bolt-ons, all good. Um, another another big point is local SIM cards. If you are, some of you in Australia who are from Australia listening to this, when you purchase your phone, you may have got the international roaming um, and international calls included, um, which is great if you have. You don't have to worry about any of that. If you haven't, and what I've done in the past is I've just purchased the international SIM card over there. 
you pay like 40 bucks or whatever it may be. You get it gives a, you a different phone number though, yeah? A different phone number, but still everything's the same. So yeah, okay. I think I had unlimited data um, and I could call whoever you want. like 40 hours in, in, the, in the month, which yeah, I'm right. not going to call for 40 hours. Yeah, on a holiday. Yeah, because yeah. otherwise, if you don't have that and you're just um, using your data overseas, you will get charged quite a lot, especially if you're using, using it every day. It will add up. I've got a mate who um, came back from a trip to Europe like four years ago, and he he thought he was using a local SIM card, but he obviously didn't. And he came back and he was like two and a half oh. grand of international roaming, which you had to pay up. Yeah, that'll hurt your feelings. Telstra were chasing him hard. So yeah, definitely definitely look at the options. Um, and you can probably, it's probably cheaper as well to purchase it before you go. Um, or just suss it out. It might not be, but do your research before you go so you know exactly what you're looking for when you when you get there. Yeah, I know that I get phone calls included, but the data package you obviously don't. Mm. Um, I'm just going to pay for a fair bit of gigabytes while I'm there. <laughs> it do, does cost a bit of money when you're buying the gigabytes, but oh, uh, I love the gigabytes. You've you've got to you've got to do it sometimes. It's going to be done. I think that actually, as we get older, we move away from Snapchat. I I've think already, my age chip's already moved away, mate. I think it's just you. Oh, no, nah, mate, that's good you're for the only, You're the only mate I know who's still actively on Snapchat. All you do is... Your whole group chats are on Snapchat, though. Oh, only the ones that we're putting, like, videos and photos in. Like, right. if there's a photo or something or a video or something, we're not going to go on Facebook Messenger, start recording and be like, here, see this. But our actual chats are Facebook Messenger. It's funny because my, all my mates, all our chats are WhatsApp. WhatsApp? Yeah, WhatsApp. So Such we're, we're all thing. on WhatsApp. So I think having a big... Like, Facebook Messenger, yes, for some. But group chats... They're fully nuts. I think that's a bit weird. Wow. Big news. Tell us tell yeah, us what everyone fan? everyone uses out there. I actually want to know what I think it's gonna vary age group to age group. I'll say under twenty is a Snapchat. I'll say twenty to twenty five is Facebook and twenty five over is WhatsApp. Because Snapchat isn't used much anymore in the older demographic, I think that data charges will be a lot less. They won't consume as much, they might not stream as much. If you're out having fun and you feel the need to jump on and stream, then you won't have to spend as much money. I see, sir. Another one to jump on is activities. I think that uh, similar to the accommodation thing, like if you're looking at going to accommodation for a particular event or a particular thing, like Niagara Falls, oh. for example, going there, it's near Toronto, I'm not staying at a hotel for Niagara Falls because they charge an arm and a leg. Like, they put Niagara Falls in the description, bang, up another $1,000 per night. Not actually, but you get the point. Just looking around there, what is nearby, stay somewhere cheaper. Same thing with activities. If you're wanting to do, I don't know, what's some... Niagara Falls. Yep, good example. There's a lot of tours there that you can do. You can literally watch a video on where people walk and just go do the tour yourself. Because tours would cost probably around 100 bucks, I'd say, uh, Canadian. Yeah, there's proper tours there for like 300, 400. And... Which would be cool, but you can literally do it yourself. Yeah, just watch a video and go, oh, they walked this way and went under there. I'm going to do it. Same with everywhere else you go. Like if you are doing a a trail in New Zealand or uh, I don't know what else there is in the world. Just everything. Yeah, just everything. (laughs) They're just specific examples. But there's free activities you can do. If you're going to get a sense of the culture or something, just walk down the main street. Go have a look. Yeah. Go Go to the local local markets where all the locals go. Free museums. Yeah. When I went to Singapore, I just went to the local markets, asked the local man, I said, mate, just here for a couple of nights. What's the, what's the best dish? What should I get? What, do, what, what are you eating for dinner tonight? I'm going to get the wow. same thing. So go come, come, over, go. come over here, young man. Oh. Come over here. But yeah, just try that. Probably, it was probably like five bucks if I was full for a billion day. 
Wow. Probably we've, we've gone on quite a bit with all these points. We well, could talk about it forever. Before we jump on to the next one, oh. when I was in Japan, oh, here we go. I remember wanting to see some of the local like like temples and stuff, like oh, yeah, ancient yeah, yeah. Japanese stuff. Mm. So just jump on Google, have a look where different temples are, make your own walk. Figure out how Bang. far away Destination you are. A, B, C, D, walk between them, happy days. And that's what we'll, Hectic temples. That's what builds the best memories as well. On Finding that. those that, those experiences of you know getting lost in the bloody jungle and then coming out. Oh, here's a temple. Unreal. Oh, I love it. getting lost in jungles. <laughs> yeah, it's good. But Walk around, find free things, make memories, get into it. Yeah, learn random things about history that uh, you never knew existed. You never know. Touched on it before, public transport. If you're 30 minutes away from a place and the Uber is exceedingly expensive, get an e-bike, get a scooter. Mm. Good fun. When I was in LA 2020 or 2019, I don't think I got an Uber once. We were just on scooters the whole trip. Like Sounds from like me in Melbourne. Hollywood to... Yeah, you, you did love the scooters in Melbourne when you went down, <laughs> didn't you? <laughs> yeah, I did. Yeah. There was a night uh, we finished up at about 4am and we had to go somewhere. And I just said, boys, why would we go back and sleep? Let's jump on the old scooters. They're good fun. Next minute, three hours later, we're at our destination, ready to go for the next day. Happy days. <laughs> three hours later. Um, what do you mean, mate? I think we'll, we'll wrap it up there. We've touched on quite a few points. Closing podcast for yourself, because you are heading away this weekend. What are you most excited for? What am I most excited for? What are you most excited for? Now, that's an for? open-ended question that could land us in a lot of trouble. Just No, just one, one answer, mate. Can, can you steer me in some kind of direction? <laughs> what are you most excited for to, to see? In, in, to see? Trip? To see. Tourist attractions. Oh, tourist attractions. Oh, okay. I've, I've got this vision, and it stemmed from a video I saw on TikTok. Have you seen... Actually, I'll describe my vision. You tell me if you have seen it. At Whistler, I'm going to be up on, this, up on the top of the mountain, snowboarding down like a, like a king, just zooming down. And someone's going to be on the chairlift coming by. Or my GoPro is going to be facing backwards. It's going to be a big black bear chasing me down the hill. Have you seen I've the seen TikTok? Yeah, is that the, the girl who was snowboarding? Yeah, she was and she had no down. idea. Yeah, she didn't know the yeah. bear was behind her chasing her. Anyway, I have a feeling that I'm going to encounter a wild bear. <laughs> it's just that a happens. feeling. I hope it happens. And after we've seen Cocaine Bear yesterday, now I really want it to happen. <laughs> That was unreal. That's a good movie. That was a good movie. Wow. If I, <laughs> if I encounter Cocaine Bear, I, have, I won't be coming back. I, I don't know if I'll be back anyway. Oh, no. Well, let's, let's hope you come back and enjoy your trip. We should wrap it up there and talk about this off air. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we everyone, should. Right. Thanks for tuning in again. Please, please, please give us a rating if you haven't. Share us around. New listeners, I hope you enjoyed the, the first step for you. If you've got any uh, specific recommendations or ideas or questions or areas you think you want us to improve on <laughs> yeah if we if we talk too much rubbish just let us know we'll, we'll dial it down a little bit um yeah there's 40 minutes of content and probably five minutes of useful information <laughs> so literally yeah just flick us through a dm we're happy to help thanks guys have a good one